calm our fears, dry our tears, and wipe away all pain. There's something about that name. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Like the fragrance after the rain. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. It's so good to be in the house of the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Thank you for praying for me. Amen. While I was away. Amen. God bless you so much for that. Amen. Thank you. Well, we want to take up our discipleship off. Brother Jesse, could you help me this morning, sir? Amen. You pray that God will bless the discipleship offering this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, we want to get into our discipleship lesson this morning. Amen. New series here. We're going to talk about what it takes to be number one. Amen. What comes to your mind when you think about being number one? Hard work. (laughs) Yeah. Amen. It does take that. It definitely takes dedication. Amen. Perseverance. Amen. Say again. Talent. Amen. Praise God. Amen. So that's what we want to talk about uh, this month. Thank you. That's what we want to talk about this month is what does it take to be number one. In John 14, 12. John 14, 12, Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto the Father. So Jesus seemed to challenge us to let us know that there's going to be some work to be done. He has accomplished all things. We know he's God and God can do everything. But Jesus says, The works that I do shall you do also, and greater. Amen. So we have to determine how we go about to be number one, to be what God has asked us and said that we can do. In his book, What It Takes to Be Number One, Coach Vince Lombardi of the Green Bay Packers said, when it is not a sometimes thing, it is an all-times thing. You don't win once in a while. You don't do things right once in a while. You do them right all the time. So winning is a habit, unfortunately, so is losing. So if we're going to win, we have to get into the habit and purpose in our mind that we are going to win. Maintaining a victorious life is a habit, and so is living a defeated one. So what does it take to be number one? What does it take for us to become and do the things that Jesus said? It takes commitment. It takes discretion. And it takes mental toughness. There is a whole lot of other things, but because of time, we're going to only focus on these three. And I like to start out talking about commitment, because it seems that a lot of people does not have commitment. Commitment is the state of quality of being dedicated to a cause or an activity. A willingness to give your time and energy to something that you believe in or a promise a firm decision to do something. 
it takes commitment to win in life. Paul told the church at Corinth in 1 Corinthians 9.24, he says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receive the prize. So run that you might obtain or may obtain. So we're in this race. We're in this battle of life. And so we, from the time we are born again of the water and the spirit, we enter the race. The finish line, we don't know how far it is down. I don't know how far the finish line is. I don't know if I'm in the 440. I don't know if I'm in the 100-yard dash. I don't know what I'm in. All I know is I have to run to win. I have to endure to the end to win. My goal is to be able, should your goal be to hear Christ say, well done, thy good and faithful servant, enter into the joy that I have prepared for you. So knowing that I am in a race, I want to win. If I don't want to win, I don't enter the race. If you're here and you don't want to go to heaven, you're in the wrong place, because that's what this is all about. This is where we're heading. That's what it's all about. We're trying to get to that place where there'll be no more sorrow, no more sadness, no more pain, where we will reign with him forever and ever and ever and cast our crowns before him and say, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory, honor, and praise, for Thou hast created all things, as the book of Revelation talks about. So it takes commitment to do the right thing. It takes 100% of our effort to be committed. Commitment is no more, as I said earlier, a habit. We have to have this habit that we're going to be committed. We seem to have habits for everything but commitment. We seem to have habits for everything but being a Christian. So we need to have a habit that I'm going to do it all the time. Nothing shall stop me from being committed to the things of God. See, the more you do something, it becomes a habit. And that's why the scriptures points us to that direction. Amen. We get up. We get involved into the things of God. We have a habit of praying. We have a habit of reading our Bible. We have a habit of witnessing. We get into the habit of doing something, pretty soon it becomes natural. Most people has, has already developed the habit of reaching for their cell phone as soon as they wake up. They've already developed that habit, and that thing ain't been out half as long as the Bible. You see, it's the first thing they do. As soon as they wake up, they reach over for it. It has already become a habit. It should be that way with our Bible. It should be that way with prayer. It should be that way with giving God thanks. When I open my eyes, I should have the habit of thanking Jesus, whether I get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom or whatever, just to say thank you. <laughs> you know, we have to get into that habit of doing these things the same way we should have been the habit of attending church and, and the, and the life. You know, life is going to throw us some roadblocks. It's going to throw us some detours. It's going to throw us some obstacles. And so we have to have a habit of commitment 
If not, do you know what will happen when those roadblocks come? You'll want to go back. When the detour sign is there, you won't want to go around. Say, when there's obstacles in the way, you won't try to get over it. You will say, oh, that's too hard. Say, and you will want to either stand still or go back. You remember what happened to the children of Israel, right? Look at the obstacles God put in their pathway. Yeah. The biggest obstacle they had faced was what? The Red Sea. Man, I know. That's what their mind just went. How are we going to get across here? See? That was their mindset. Wait a minute. The enemy is behind me, and here's a Red Sea before me. There is no way. And what did they say to Moses? You brought us out here to kill us. See? So life is going to put some obstacles but what does the scripture says? Go forth. See? you got to keep possess, uh, pursuing. You've got to keep moving forth. You've got to stay persistent. And that's what commitment does. Commitment helps you to be able to see to the other side. You know there's going to be things that's come. You know there's going to be obstacles. You know there's going to be roadblocks. There's going to be things that sometimes we're going to have to go around. And we got to get in the mindset. Have you ever listened to Sister Phyllis Magruder's song, From Heaven's Point of View? You ever heard that? You know, think about, we don't know what heaven has, is doing through all of it. You know, we sing that song, we'll understand it better by and by. But we got to get in the mindset is what is God trying to show me? What is God trying to reveal to me? A few weeks ago, we were up in Wisconsin Rapids for a NAM conference, and I know the way from Wisconsin Rapids back to, to La Crosse, you know. I don't even put it in my GPS. I know how to get home from there. I go there quite a bit, you know. But this day, I just decided, oh, I'll put it in the GPS. I put it in the GPS, and, uh, you know, it had snowed the night before and stuff, and it brought me all around through, what was the name of that place, Penny, something, you know, it was way back in the woods, I mean, and we was, we was back there, and I'm going, what in the world is going on? You know, and Brother Jacobs is following me because I told him, I'll just follow me because he was having a horrible headache. And I'm trying to help him be able to get home so if something happened, we could change out if one of us could drive his vehicle. So he's behind me, and I'm thinking, man, where is this thing taking me? You know, but I mean, the sight, the beauty that was back there, you know, and I saw these three deer along the road, and I thought it was somebody's statues in the yard. And my wife says, careful, there's some deer. I thought there was somebody's statues in the yard. What, what is deer doing in snow this high, you know? And, I mean, it, it was just beautiful back there. And it brought us out way over by, uh, not Nilesville, uh, uh, what was it? Uh, well, you get on, comes out on 21 and, then it comes back to towards Toma. No, what Black Rivers Fall? N- Nina, kind of like Nina back up back up in there. But 
I, I can't think of the, the name of the other place, some lake back there. But, I mean, it's just gorgeous. You know, see, I'm so used to going the same way, but God wanted me to see something else. See? Was I committed to get home? Yeah. But what did God want me to see? He wanted me to see some beauty. Because when you would see those pine trees back there with that snow hanging off of it was picturesque. I'm here to tell you, just awesome in beauty. And sometimes that's what God wants us to see sometimes in this life is, I'm going to detour you a little bit. Okay? I'm going to take you around some things so you can see what I am doing other places. See, we have to be committed and let God lead and let God direct and let God guide us. See? Follow him. As Paul says, you follow me as I follow Christ. The children of Israel had the, the pillow of fire by night and the cloud by day. See? To lead them. But when they hit that Red Sea, they did not see a path going across that, that ocean. But God said to Moses, tell them to go forward. And they walked forward and they split. And they walked forth on dry ground to the other side. See, you have to keep your focus of where you are headed and where you are going so that you are not deterred. You've got to stay committed, no matter how painful it is sometimes. You have to stay committed. Your destination is heaven. Your end state is heaven. Your goal is heaven. So you're going to have to, as David said, sometimes run through a troop and leap over a wall. Sometimes you're going to have to fight some battles in life. And that's why we're commanded to put on the whole armor of God so that we can stand against the wiles of the devil. In other words, when I'm armed up, I stay committed to the fight. There's a fight going on. There's a war raging, and I have to stay committed. I have to stay committed to my goals, my dreams, and the task that I have been given to so I can stay focused because I want to win. If you don't realize, lying is a habit. Gossip is a habit. Fear is a habit. Anxiety is a habit. And panic is a habit. See, we can get so used to telling lies and gossiping and things, it just becomes a habit. A lot of people is that way. But God forbid it should be us as Christians. Amen. We should have a habit of telling the truth. Amen. Because he's a God of truth. He's a God of righteousness. So we want to always get into the habit of learning to tell the truth. Now, I don't know if it's true or not, but what did he say about George Washington? <laughs> he never told a lie. I don't know. <laughs> but if he it, it did, it's a good habit to have. It went down in history. Somebody put it in the books because we heard about it, right? So, if that's the case, how much more us? Our integrity, our honesty. So, we should get in the habit of telling the truth. Let's make a habit of doing it. If I can't do something, tell the truth. Amen. But to be number one is to be the best. We should all be the best Christians that we can be. 
We have to commit to that. I'm going to be the best because I am a believer and follower of Christ. And we can do it because Jesus has given us the power. He says, I have given you power to tread on scorpions and serpents and over all the power of the enemy and nothing by enemy shall harm you. And in our opening scripture, what did he say? The works that I do shall you do also and greater. Amen. So what greater things uh, do he want you to do, Jesse? What does he have for you, Miriam? Amen. What what kind of legacy does God want you to leave? What is what is in your portfolio that you don't know that God is going to do through all of us? The legacy that you will leave or something that you do that someone else hasn't done. Amen. God, you know, I you know, I've seen that people get up out of wheelchairs and walk. You know, I've heard the stories of the dead rising and coming back to life. Because God did it through you. Think about it. Well, what does he want to do through you? Stay committed. You have to stay committed. Because you never know. When he's going to use you for something great. You, you, you think about Abraham. Abraham was 75 years old when God told him to leave home. You know, and God just says, leave home and I'll bless you. I guarantee you, it was never in Abraham's mind to be the father of the faithless, faithful, uh, be known in history today the way we talk about him. Bob was never in his mind. Oh, oh, God says, just leave home, and I'll bless you. It was probably never in Noah's mind, you know, to build an ark <laughs> and leave such a legacy. It was never in Moses' mind to lead the children out of Egypt. You hear what he said when he said, when God told him, he says, I can't even talk. You know, those kind of things. Look how great of things they did because God was working with him. Look at the Apostle Paul. Look at the apostles. You know, they fishermen, they tax collectors. And look at the legacy they have left. You know, I, I listened to Brother Urshan's story. You know, he, he, he was telling a story once that he was sitting on the steps there at Cabin Tabernacle in Indianapolis, and, and a man came up to him, and he says he assumed it was an angel now, but he said the guy came and told him he was going to be the general superintendent, he was going to do great things and all this stuff. Look at the legacy he left. We don't know. But when you get promises from God, You've got to commit. You've got to hold on. Amen. He tells you you're going to do things. So it's easy when it seems like obstacles and roadblocks and detours start happening to say it ain't going to happen. Look at Abraham. He was 75. He didn't have his son Isaac until he was 100. And 25 years later. That's why, as you see in between there with, with uh, Ishmael and Hagar, you know, they start wanting to take matters into their own hands. See, that's when you start losing the focus of your commitment. But God had plans, and what did God tell him? No, I made you a promise. 
and I'm going to fulfill my promise. See, if God promised us, as the scripture says, I brought you out to bring you in, he's going to bring us in. He's going to do his part. He had promised Abraham that the children of Israel will come to the promised land and go into the promised land. But what happened? They didn't believe it. See, all we have to do is stay committed to the things of God. Keep our prayer life right. Keep our focus right. Amen. And just let God lead us. Don't lean, as the Bible says, to our own understanding. And all our ways, if we acknowledge him, he will direct our paths. So how do we acknowledge him? We worship him. We praise him. We glorify him. We exalt him at every moment we can. Amen. We stay focused on the things of Almighty God. Amen. We have to be, amen, the best Christians that we can be. We just have to make up our minds. We've got to make up our minds in, in this thing. Paul says to the church at Ephesus, Ephesians, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 22 through 23, he says that you put off concerning the former conversation or the former conduct and behavior of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful us, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. So becoming number one has a whole lot to do with the way we think. We have to think totally different than the ways the world thinks. So as Henry Ford says, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. If you think you can, you're right. If you think you can't, you're right. <laughs> That's right. It's all about how you think. See? If I think I can do all things, I can do all things. If I don't think I can do all things, I can't do all things. Because let me tell you, your, your physical is only going to carry you as far as your mental will take you. See? Because as soon as you say, I can't, that's bad. That's when you stop. But if your mind says, you can do it, you can do it. Like the little train, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can. And it's bad. So we have to have that same mindset. I can do it. As Paul says, I can do all things. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifice, a holy, acceptable to God, which is reason be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See? So God gives us a new way of thinking. And so therefore, we have to think totally different than what it looks like. What is God up to? We should pray, thy will be done. What is God's will in all this? What is God's? God, what are you trying to do in all this? Let your perfect will be done. I have to stay committed to the things of God. It's all about how we think. Amen. So Paul's letters to the church is always, usually, when you read scriptures of Paul, a lot of times, he always presents things like with questions. No, you're not. Or don't you know? 
you know, I think that might be Paul might have been a Wisconsinite. I think, you know, because you guys always say, "Don't you know?" You know, <laughs> or he could have been Southern and say, "Y'all," you know. <laughs> he became all things to all men that he might win some, right? <laughs> so, but you but you think about it, you know. And so, therefore, you know, he asked those questions to make us think. Because he wants your mind to stay focused. Commitment means staying loyal to what you said you were going to do long after the move you said it in as well. Amen. Because sometimes when you when you're as all about feelings, then you say I'm going to do something, and then all of a sudden you realize, oh man, why did I make that? <laughs> you know, no, you stay committed. You stay committed. You don't get 100% results with only 50% commitment. It takes 100% commitment. As the Lord said in Jeremiah 29:11, there is always, amen, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. Amen. God wants your outcome to be great. Amen. He wants to, to see you dancing around heaven. He wants you to be there with him. That was why he came to seek and to save that which was lost. That's why he went to heaven so that he can carry us back with him when he comes again. Amen. So stay focused. Give 100%. Commit 100%. Amen. To him. Ruth seems to be a very committed woman. Look at Ruth chapter 1, Ruth chapter 1, verse 16 through 18. Now, we know the story of Ruth, right? If you read the Bible, you know Ruth. She lost her husband. She lost her father-in-law. She lost her brother-in-law and all those things. And then Naomi, her mother-in-law, tried to get her to go back home. Amen. But she seems to be committed to her vows that she has made. You know? And so Ruth here in, in chapter uh, 1, verse 16 to 18, and Ruth says, Entreat me not to leave thee, or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go, and whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death depart thee and me. When she saw that she was steadfast-minded to go with her, she left off speaking to her. Notice. Naomi realized that there was no talking her out of it to go back. See, that's commitment. Nobody should be able to talk you out of going back from the, the goals you made. Amen. Nobody should stop, be able to talk you out of missing heaven. Amen. That's your final destination. Amen. If they want to go back, let them go back. Amen. If there's a, a good book, have you ever read Pilgrim's Progress? 
let, let me encourage you. Go to the library and check it out and read it. You know, is is the the main character is a guy called Christian, and he's trying to get to the celestial city, and everything is trying to turn him around. Everything, obstacles, roadblocks, detours, and every time somebody tried to get him off track, he winds up in some trouble, have to be delivered out of it. I'm not going to tell you the end state because I want you to read it. If you've never read it, Pilgrim's Progress. Yes, Pilgrim's Progress. I think it's by John, is it John Bunyan? Yeah. John, John what is the sister of the Yeah, Melagory. Amen. And so it's a very good story for encouraging and inspiration to stay committed and to stay on the track. Amen. It's a very good little read. Amen. For you. So notice Ruth here. Amen. Because she was steadfast to her vows, she was committed to her vows. She was committed to her mother-in-law. She was committed to the God of Israel. Notice what she said. Where you live, I'm going to live. Where you die, I will die. Where you be buried, there will I be buried. And as a result, because of her commitment, amen, we can see how God steps in. Okay. God start making a way for her. When Boaz shows up, amen, he says to his servants, who is this damsel? Who is she? And they tell him who she is. She came back with Naomi. And he begins to start taking focus on it. See, from heaven's eyesight and heaven's point of view, God had already looked down through the situation and knew what he was going to do and all of it, see, because he realized that she was committed. And as a result, because of her commitment, and things began to work out just fine for her, amen, her and Boaz wind up getting married, and they have a son, and they call his name Obad, which is the father of Jesse, which is the father of King David. And 14 generations from David, the Bible says in Matthew 1, to Jesus Christ is 14 generations. So here's a young lady, because she made a vow back here, 14 generations later, she is the great, 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 14 times grandmother of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Because God will step in. It would have been easy for her to go back. But she made a commitment. She made a vow. And as a result, she prevailed. Amen. Notice the Apostle Paul. Amen. Paul, all the things he went through, shows us how committed Paul was. Amen. Beaten. Left for dead. Stoned. Shipwrecked. Lied upon. Imprisonment. But what happened? He stayed Committed. What was his goal? What was Paul's goal? Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Let's look at Paul's goal for going through all this. Acts chapter 20, verse 24. But none of these things moved me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Notice his mission. 
He says, my mission was to testify of Jesus Christ to everybody. And I was not about to let anything stop me or hinder me from doing that. Whether I was beaten, whether I was stoned, whether I was shipwrecked, amen. He was committed to do what God had asked of him to do. And that's the way we have to be. Jesus says to us in Mark 16, 15, Go ye therefore and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, and he that believeth not shall be damned, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, they shall speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, if they drink any daily thing you shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So we have been given a mission to share the gospel. We have been sent, amen, for And so therefore, we cannot let anything deter us. We must stay committed to the mission. Amen. If I get knocked off before Jesus comes, you got the wings. <laughs> you are the guy that still has to carry out the mission. Amen. When I was in the infantry, that's the way it worked. As the platoon sergeant, if I got killed, my squad leader, one of them had to come up and take the responsibility. If when I was a squad leader, if I got killed, my neighbors in my squad has to still carry out the mission. The mission has to always be accomplished. If you're the only one, you still have to carry out the mission. And so, therefore, it's the same way in the church. Amen. We all must complete the mission. We have to be committed to the mission to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Someone is dependent on it. Someone desires to know. Amen. Someone is in captivity, and someone needs to hear that there is a God that can deliver. There is a God that can set free. There is a God that can open prison doors. Amen. We don't leave them. We are, must be committed. What did Jesus say in Matthew 25? I was sick, and you came to me. I was in prison, and you visited me. I was hungry, and you fed me. Thirsty, and you gave me drink. When you do all these things, when you did it to the least of these, my brethren, he says, you've done it unto me. So enter into the joy that is prepared for you. we got to stay committed. And so Paul was very committed, amen, to the things which he was called to do. Paul was committed to know more about Christ. And then we must be committed. I can't just sit back because I know Acts 2.38. There's more in there. The Bible said, I have not seen, and ear have not heard, and neither have it entered into the hearts of men the things which God has prepared for them that love him. There's so much that we have not even scratched the surface. Amen. So we have to have a zeal and an eagerness and commitment to know more about God. Paul says in Philippians 3.10, Amen, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformable unto his death, that if by any means I might obtain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either was already perfect, but I follow after, if that I may apprehend that which I am also apprehended of, 
which is Christ Jesus. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth to those things which are before, I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Amen. The high calling of God is the ministry. You should all want to be in the ministry. Hello? <laughs> we all want to be there. Amen. To know more about this gospel requires commitment to it. Search the scripture, Jesus says. For in them you think you have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me, John 5, 39 and 40. But you won't come to me that you might have life. Search the scriptures. What are you unfolding? What have you found this year as you're reading your Bible through? As you dug a little deeper, you know, as you unfolded some, some things and rolled back, and you dug a little deeper and go, hmm, there's a plan in there. You know, what's there? You know, you see people walk around with metal detectors and stuff, you know, sometimes, looking for things. And then all of a sudden they get a signal. And what do they do? They stop and they start digging. You know, just like archaeologists. What do they do? They go to an area and all of a sudden, you know, they find something. And they stop and they start becoming very careful. And then they start moving sand and dirt and stuff real easy. You know, when we were in Israel, I mean, up on the Temple Mount, they was up there and they was digging. And I mean... They was going through it real fine. So, so if whatever is there, they don't destroy it. Taking their time. That's the way we've got to be committed to the things of God. Don't rush through it. God, what you trying to show me here? Rush it back gently. Focus. Listen to that still small voice. Stay committed that I'm going to hear what he's trying to show me and bring me into an understanding of this thing. Amen. I want to know more about him. Amen. I'm not there yet. Amen. I want to know. I want to know. Am I missing something? God, what are, what are you trying to show me? In Acts 21, verse 10 through 14. Acts chapter 21, verse 10 through 14. Scripture says, Several days later, a man named Agabus, who also had the gift of prophecy, arrived from Judea. He came over, took Paul, I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. He came over, took Paul's belt, and bound his own feet and hands with it. Then he said, the Holy Spirit declares... So shall the owner of this belt be bound by the Jewish leaders in Jerusalem and turned over to the Gentiles. When we heard this, Luke says, we and the local believers all begged Paul not to go on to Jerusalem. But he said, why all this weeping? You are breaking my heart. I am ready not only to be jailed at Jerusalem, but even to die for the sake of the Lord Jesus. When it was clear that we couldn't persuade him, 
He, we gave up and said, the Lord's will be done. Notice. Look at that. Amen. It couldn't change him. It couldn't change his mind. The prophet says, you're going to be bound and you're going to be delivered to the Jews and, and they're going to basically get, kill you. But what Paul says, what are you crying for? They try to persuade him not to go. Don't go, Paul. Don't go. You know, but what he said, what are you going to break my heart for? He says, I'm not only willing, I'm willing to die for Jesus Christ. And that is what this says. When he couldn't be persuaded, he just says, let the will of the Lord be done. Amen. Let God's will be done. Amen. Let his will be done. Amen. We, we see even Jesus in John 11 when they told him that Lazarus was, was, was sick. And Jesus says, okay, we're going to go. And the disciples says, Lord, they were going to stone you there. You going back there? He says, did not I tell you this? Twelve hours in the day, man. Man's got to work. Night coming when you can't work. Commitment. See? Sometimes commitment might cost you. Might cost you to be rejected. Might cost you to be killed. Amen. Back in the days when our missionaries, when they would go overseas, they went not expecting to come back. They was committed. I used to listen to Sister Freeman tell the story at, at school of missions when we were missionaries, uh, when they left and what they went through. And she's buried kids on the missions field, you know, there in Africa. They buried a, a child in Africa on, on the missions field. You know, because they did not, none of them expect to come back. They was committed to the call and what God had called them to do. We must, if we're going to win, amen. Amen. Somebody said that one of the last words that Brother T.F. Tenney said on his dying bed was, I'm in the presence of the Lord. <laughs> my, my, what a testimony. Amen. Can you imagine? Commitment. Brother James Kilgore, when he did my ordination in Hong Kong, he told the story how when his parents and him as little boys and he went into the Texas area that people would come out and throw, you know, rotten tomatoes and rotten eggs and things at them and stuff. Get out of town. Get out of town. We don't want that mess here. We don't want to hear that Jesus name stuff. Get out of town. They stayed with it. They was committed. Amen. Some of the largest churches in this organization is by men, you know, that was committed. I mean, that was committed. Amen. E.T. Haywood, you know, was kicked out of an organization because he refused to denounce Jesus' name baptism and the one God doctrine. He wrote a song. Everybody ought to know who Jesus is. Commitment. Amen. We have to be committed. Amen. Committed is sometimes a long trek uphill. Amen. When Jesus prayed in the garden, he says, Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. He says, but nevertheless, not my will, but thy will 
be done. Amen. That commit that's commitment. Amen. <clears throat> Nevertheless, quality is not just an act, it is an habit. Amen. What does Ford say? Quality is job one. Quality is job one. Amen. Someone says that laziness is nothing more than a habit of resting before you get tired. <laughs> it has been stated that 99% of all failures come from people who have a habit of making excuses. Amen. Motivation is what gets you started. Habit is what keeps you going. If you're going to be number one, you have to have a heart of commitment in your character. Amen. So there's no, there's only one I in the word commitment. That means the responsibility falls to us, each of us, to make it happen. Amen. And so, therefore, the same way that love casteth out fear, commitment casts out procrastination and laziness. No goal is accomplished without commitment. No battle is won without commitment. No faith grows without commitment. So we need to settle it in our minds. You may have to fight the same battle twice. That's why it is important that you have commitment. Coach Vince Lombardi again says, most people fail not because of a lack of desire, but because of a lack of commitment. Kenneth Bradshaw said, there is a difference between interest and commitment. When you're interested in doing something, you do it only when it's convenient. When you're committed to something, you accept no excuses, only results. And T.D. Jake says, you cannot conquer what you are not committed to. You can't conquer what you're not committed to. And Jesus says in Luke 9:62, no man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. We have to stay focused. We have to stay committed. Amen. If you... You can never be number one without commitment. Amen? So that's the first lesson. Amen. And so we got two more to go, okay? Praise God. Lord, we thank you again today. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessings, your love towards us. Let us, God, stay committed to you in all things, Lord. Bless your people. Bless this service today. We thank you in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen.